Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Official Adam Sank Show merchandise at AdamSank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to AdamSank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! <clears throat> what, what? Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, April 24th, 2021 at dnrstudios.com, the only motherfucking place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Don't forget to download the new DNR Studios app. It's the best way to listen. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to this thing. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. I'm turning my mic down a little bit because I'm blowing my own eardrums out. If you're listening live, you can call in and talk to us at 804-TALK-ASS. You can also call that number anytime and leave us a voicemail. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page and follow it. Download my comedy albums, for which I receive no royalties. Get your official ass merch, t-shirts, tank tops, even semi-automatic weapons. The link to all of that is adamsank.com. Our guest today is the most controversial guest we've ever had on the ass. His name is Aaron Berg. He's a hilarious comedian, but he's the closest thing I will ever have on this show to a Trump supporter. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Oh, my God, the phone is ringing. All right, let's see who this is. I, I, I'm dying to know. Caller, you say what? What, what, what? Well, I'm calling because you complained on Derek's show that nobody called. Yes, true. Uh, who is this? Uh, this is Rick in El Paso. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you but for I'm calling terrible. the ass. How are things in El Paso today? Things are real good. Uh, the town, everybody here wears masks. The, everybody's taking their shots. It's... Uh, we're unlike the rest of Texas. Good. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. Did you enjoy me on Derek, on Derek and Romaine? I thought I was a fabulous oh, yeah. guest. You were. You were fabulous. Uh, you're, I, I love it when the two of you get into an argument and disagree on stuff and, agree, and try and agree at the same time. <laughs> yes. Well, we're both very uh, hard-headed, opinionated homos. So. Um, oh, I know. That's what, why I love listening. Bound to happen. Anyway, I, and so one more thing to it. Um, if I'm going to call in, I've got to be a little bit cunty. Please. Uh, it's uh, spelled C-O-M-P-T-R-O-L-L-E-R and pronounced controller. Oh, it's not comptroller? No, it's controller. It's I, one of those silent P's. I got to like tell you, here, I gotta tell you, here in New York City, we, we pronounce it comptroller. I watch local news all the time, and that's how everyone says it on the news. They say comptroller. Right, guys? It's yeah, it's going to change as language changes, and this is one that's going to. Uh, nobody use dre- uses dreamt anymore. It's None of these dreams. listeners know what the fuck we're even talking about. We had a discussion okay. on Derek and Romaine about um, New York City politics and the fact that Corey Johnson is running for comptroller and the current comptroller is running for mayor. But anyway, um, I appreciate your correction. I reject your correction, <laughs> and um, thank you for calling. I accept your rejection. Thank you. Have Thanks for job. listening, too. Bye, honey. All right. Well, that was exciting. And now I'm going to introduce my co-host, the one and only Ryan Frostig. Hello, it's me. <laughs> How are you? Good. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, I was bitching and complaining uh, when I subbed for Romaine the other night that uh, no one ever calls our show anymore. Well, there you go. And so thank you. Uh, Rick was his name? Yes. 
for uh, for Rick proving from me El wrong. Paso. Rick from El Paso. Rick from El Paso. Um, all right. Uh, also with us is JB, the Queen of Fuckery. Hello, hello. Hello. You guys, this is our last time in this studio. Adam, I I can't even wrap my little pig brain about, around it. It's crazy. I truly cannot. Although, actually, for the listeners, it's not, because we're going <clears> to <throat> record three episodes today. So, really, it's the third to last time. As we go on. But, yes, Derek and Romaine. Remember. God damn you, Ryan. Right. All the times we <laughs> had together. Sorry. Uh, Derek and Romaine are packing up. That was for Ryan's song. Thank you. And moving to a new studio uh, right around the corner from here. And And what's crazy is... We've been here what since 2018 now, right? This yeah. is this is our second studio that the ass has been. But I feel like in. we just got here. I know, you know, and now we're moving again. Oh, it's it's been years. It's been years. We've been doing this podcast forever. It's wild. It's cray cray. Anyway, let's. Uh, we have so much to do. Let's get to recommended <clears throat> viewing. Let's start with JB this week. Anything you mm. saw that you'd like to recommend to the viewers? Oh, okay. So you guys, um, I definitely did see the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm a big fan. Huge Mortal fan. Kombat. I'm really translating fun. for those who don't speak TV. <laughs> yeah. The, the Mortal Kombat movie that's on HBO Go or Max. Max. It, it's, on, it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real good. I did enjoy it. I was fairly surprised because I was expecting it to be like the original uh, live action Mortal Kombat. Kind of campy and bad, but no, it's like, ooh. You and I will never watch anything together because we have nope. such different tastes. But yeah. I'm glad to I mean, have no, you here uh, because I, I know a lot of the listeners probably love Mortal yeah. Kombat. I totally go to your Christmas things and watch your Christmas movies. Well, I those are that. sappy old, like, you know. I mean, most of them I haven't seen before. And it's Me neither. So. They're like white people movies from the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> They're old even for me. Christmas movies. All right. Well, thank you, JB. Ryan, recommended <clears throat> viewing or reading. Well... Uh, I did consume some um, marijuana. Well, yes, actually, I did. It was 4.20 on Tuesday. um, And the um, program that I watched on 4.20 was Our Planet Mm. on Netflix. Um, Scientific. Yes. And it blew my mind. Um, I was so stoned. Um, Do you recommend that people watch it stoned? Yeah, no. I mean, I think that, like... If you don't know what to watch, there's so much... I know JB hates Netflix, but, like... (laughs) All of these streaming platforms, there's just way too much. There's too much. It's it, there's too many options. So sometimes it's just nice to like watch, like learn about the planet and just watch your screen like be filled with you know animals and totally. trees and plants and just like let yourself relax to that. I also have to say, um, I I did start watching. Paul and I started watching um, The Crown, some mm. prestige. Television. That's a really great series. And we've only watched one episode, oh. so I don't know if it's like... I mean, I, I know it's an amazing show, and everyone has recommended it to me. Um, so I will recommend it to anyone who has Did you not love it. the first episode? No, I, I did love it, but oh, it's good. just like we just started it, so it's not like I can be like, it's amazing. I mean, it, the first episode was fantastic. The acting is superb. Um, I'm looking forward to Olivia Coleman and um, who else is on it? Um um, we know all the people. Yeah, it's great. All right, I recommend that too. I've seen every season twice. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'm going to recommend a fairly new show on HBO Max called Generation, mm. with a plus sign where the T would go in Generation. This is a Lena Dunham produced series about a uh, high school in I think it's supposed to be in the Los Angeles area, and it, just like Girls, it's very gritty and realistic while at the same time being kind of crazy and over the top it's it's all the things i like um it's an extremely diverse cast every character represents like a different sexuality race ethnicity there's people on the spectrum there's everything anything you can think of is in the cast and and the real breakout star for me is this kid justice smith who plays chester who is a a very um, audacious and flamboyant, openly gay, uh, I don't know if he identifies as black or mixed race, teenager who's like really the star of the show and is so fabulous. And like in the past, a character like that would have been like bullied and harassed, but he's the most popular kid in school because it's like now. Mm-hmm. It, it's It feels real to me. There are certain moments where it's like, oh, this is going over the top. I don't really believe it. But then it, it sweeps me back in because I remember being a teenager and I remember being so excited and obsessed and like 
crazy with everything, and that's how they are. They all get worked up over like the smallest things. Um, there's a lot of sex. There's drugs. There's it, it's it's awesome. Watch Generation. I, I, I'm definitely interested in viewing that. I'm here for it. Okay, uh, I'm going to do two quick stories that are not on the rundown because they just kind of broke in the last 24 hours. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on either of them. The first is that Caitlyn Jenner is apparently running for governor in California. For those of you who don't live in California or haven't been following... <laughs> Thank you, JB. Or have not been following the recall election. This is not a normal election. This is... A, a proposed recall of the current governor, Gavin Newsom, the Democrat. Um, and the way it works in these recall elections is voters in November will vote on two things. The first will be, shall we recall Ga Governor Gavin Newsom? And the second one is, if we do, who do we replace him with? So it's mm -hmm. like a, it's two steps in one. The last recall election they had in 2003, that's when Ar Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. Oh, so God. it does happen that, that someone, some random person becomes successful in, in these elections. But this one, it looks at this point like Gavin Newsom is going to remain governor. Mm -hmm. The most recent polls, only about 40% of Californians support removing him. This was all about COVID, mm -hmm. and they thought his shutdown was too draconian, and he was hurting the economy. These fucking assholes who don't understand right, that right. he's saving your life. Right. It's just like in Michigan with yeah. that Governor Whitmer. Anyway... Now California's got the lowest rate of COVID in the country, and they're like, oh, maybe Gavin Newsom was right. So I don't think anyone's going to win except for Gavin Newsom. Yeah. But there's a wide field of candidates, and the thing about Caitlin is she is the best known. Right. So she, it's not out of the question that if there were a recall, she might win with zero qualifications and, you know, on, on, on a platform – of only helping herself because that's all she's ever done. Yeah. I saw on Twitter someone called her a trans activist. No, she's not a trans activist. No. Trans no. activists fight for trans rights. Right. Caitlin fights for herself. Yeah. Period. Yeah. End of story. Hey, do you guys remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger's commercial where he said, come to California, it'll be great. <laughs> come to California, it'll be great. <laughs> I fucked my maid. <laughs> Do you know he's close with that son that he fucked from uh, yeah. that he got from the maid? I yeah. mean, that's pretty good. It's kind of good. And yeah. now his, both his sons are close now. Patrick Kennedy, or excuse me, Patrick Schwarzenegger, and I forget the the maid's son's name, mm -hmm. but they're like buds. They that's, hang out now. That's great. That's really and they're good. both hot too. Mm. That's even better. Anywho, the other story is even quicker. Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, and that's my favorite name. Anthony Blinken. Uh, in Biden's cabinet, second only to Marsha Fudge, <laughs> which is my drag name, too. But Antony Blinken uh, has announced in the last 24 hours that U.S. embassies may now fly the rainbow flag for pride again. Thank you. This was something that was, uh, you'll remember, Trump and Pence uh, uh, forbid U.S. embassies overseas from flying the, uh, the rainbow flag. Uh, that has now been reversed. Elections matter. Elections have consequences. Vote Democratic if you give a shit about LGBTQ people. Now, Thank do you. we know which rainbow flag? Mm. That's a good question. I don't know whether it will include the, uh, the, the black and brown stripes. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. should. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think that's up to the I, – I didn't realize this, but, but <clears throat> the embassy or the ambassador has to actually request uh, that, that – that the flag be flown. It's mm -hmm. like an official request that has to go through the U.S. State Department. But basically, he's going to say yes to all those requests. So I assume it's up to the ambassadors which yeah. flag they fly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that, those are both great. Uh, well, the Caitlin story sucks, and the flag story is great. Well, she sucks. She sucks. Caitlin, if you're listening. Cunt. Okay. So now, uh, even though we were going to do this later in the show, we're going to do the RuPaul's Drag Race update now. Because last night was the finale of season 13. Yes. And Ryan's got a lot to say about it. I do. Chante, you stay. Well, after four months of watching season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, we have a newly crowned winner. Um, after a... Um, I, it was a... It was a uh, they did their best. Let's just say they did their best with the finale. Um, but... Uh, Simone, spoiler alert, is our newly crowned winner. Congratulations, Simone. Um, 
basically going into last night, that was my winner. I I, I thought um, it could be either Simone or Got Mick, um, both two incredibly talented, uh, brilliant drag artists from LA. Um, the top four was uh, Simone, Got Mick, Rosé, and Candy Muse. Um, the evening began with a f- amazing uh, mini ball where they had to do three looks each um, one black and white, one red, I and hate one. Mini balls. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And one um, uh, eleganza, extravaganza finale look. Um, then we went to the um, lip sync for the crown uh, format, which I. I, wa- I want to talk about this because I don't know how I feel still. I mean, we've been doing this now since season nine, the lip sync for the crown. It used to be that like when you got to the finale, um, it was the, f- the reunion and the finale were one episode. Right. And there wasn't any like. Paul already knew who the winner exactly. was. Um, when you now with this lip sync for the crown format, no matter what happens throughout the season, you could win two, three, four, five challenges if you lose the lip sync, you're not, you could potentially not win the show. Right. And what ended up happening last night was they, they spun the wheel. Um, and it was Rose versus Candy in the first lip sync. And Candy Muse beat Rose, which I did not witness because our um, Xfinity uh, server went out. For the entirety of the lip sync. I don't understand how you didn't have like a backup generator running. Like generator. Is, you live for this. I know, but like I was I wasn't so mad about missing that. I would have been I would have been more upset if it was the Simone Gottmik lip sync. But Candy Muse won the lip sync. I don't know what she did, but she won. And then the second lip sync was um Gottmik versus Simone, which instantly when I heard that they had to lip sync against each other. I was so upset because I personally felt like they were the top two. Yeah, we all did. Going into the to the finale. So I would have loved to have seen them lip sync for the crown. Um, it ended up being Candy versus Simone. And um, all of the lip syncs, by the way, were to Britney. I thought that was nice because she were trying to, you know, right. bring we some support visibility to the free Britney movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like... It was interesting because I remember a couple seasons ago, Aquarius season, when the four, um, the top four came out and they were all in these like big bulky costumes that looked like you knew there was going to be a you reveal. You knew there was going to be a reveal, but um, but then they were kind of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. I felt like Simone did all of the the re- reveals um, perfectly. Yes, because like. There was she the, did get tangled up in one of those. The one with the spinning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got a little tangled, but I think it ultimately... It, she did it. it she worked. made it work. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think everything was so... The, the thing that I just have loved about Simone is that there is this intersection between talent and skill and, you know, like... Um, um, preparation yes and heart yeah and like and and a real sense of humor a point of view yes with with um something to say and um i think that you know i I was thinking this morning last year um when jada essence hall was crowned um i remember on the podcast i was it was so i was so excited that she had won but it was unfortunately right in the middle of um the George Floyd yeah um killing murder and um i thought that it was a, a full circle moment because this week you know the, we got the verdict we got the verdict he was guilty uh found guilty on all charges and so yeah i mean that's not necessarily something to celebrate but i feel like it really seeing seeing that happen and then seeing Simone win and and Black Lives Matter was her platform exactly I just and she th- did it with such grace and she filmed the season only a couple months maybe like a month and a half two months after all of that actually right happened so I just felt like it was a really um significant moment and um you know all of the queens that went into the finale including Candy were great but I really think that this was Simone's moment. And um, 
I got to wrap you up in like 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was, um, you know, I think they did their best. It's obviously it was more, there was more production than there was last season. It was more than just a zoom call. Yeah. But, um, and RuPaul yeah. didn't wear a face mask. And RuPaul didn't wear a face mask and RuPaul performed. <sighs> we won't get into that. Okay. Um, thank you, Ryan. Yes. I, I, I'm thrilled that Simone won. I also would have been happy with Gottmik winning Same. because she was so amazing and it would have been like a... A, a big a big moment. To, for a trans man to win. Yeah. But but Simone is fabulous. Okay. Um, the other big story this past week is that Colton the Bachelor came out as gay. Yes. Does either one of you watch The Bachelor? No. <laughs> Not since like 2004. No, but I knew of him when he first came out. I did too. I knew of him because Howard Stern would talk about him on the air while the show was going on. And Howard would always say, like, here's this like 26 year old guy. He's totally good looking. He was a professional football player and he's never gotten any pussy. He's a virgin. How can that be? And from the beginning, Howard was speculating that there was something not right about this guy. Well, he's now 29. And on, in an interview with Robin Roberts on Good Morning America, he announced that he had come to terms with his sexual orientation. And Robin asked him the question that uh, most of America had, which was this. Hit it, JB. So many people were cheering you on and wanting you to find love. And now they may feel that you misled the public and misled those women from that season. Yep. How do you address people who feel that way? I would understand why they think that way. And I mean, I thought a lot about this too of, do I regret being The Bachelor? And do I regret handling it the way that I did? I do. Um, I do think I could have handled it better. I'll say that. How so? I just, I just wish I wouldn't have dragged people into my own mess of figuring out who I was. I, I, I genuinely mean that. But I also, at the same time, like, but I can sit here and say I'm sorry to all of those women. I can also say thank you. Because without them, and without the Bachelor franchise, I don't know if I, like, this would have ever came out. Colton. Now, you know that I support anyone who comes out. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I cheer him for coming out, sure. for being honest. Um, but there's a lot of problematic things about Colton. A lot. And immediately after this revelation it was announced that he was going to star in his own netflix show about the process of his coming out with gus kenworthy as his guide and first of all people were like do we really need to see like some white privileged guy teaching another white privileged guy how to come out of the closet when he's like beautiful and famous and it's 2021 like really is this really so much of a struggle for you but the other thing is Colton has this very checkered history involving Cassie, who was the winner of that season of The Bachelor, and Colton's former girlfriend. She accused him of stalking her and got a restraining order against him. An online petition, with, which has garnered over 25,000 signatures, reads, Cassie is a victim of Colton's abuse, and he does not deserve a platform in any way. Regardless of his sexuality, Colton should not be given a platform as a result of his abusive, manipulative, and dangerous behavior. He has sent her unsettling text messages, repeatedly called her, placed a tracking device on her vehicle to track her whereabouts. Uh, He basically confessed to stalking her, including sending her texts from an unknown phone number. Robin Roberts asked him about this a little bit in the interview. He said, I'm sorry for the pain and emotional distress I caused... Um, he apologized to her. But people are saying, like, does this guy really need another reality show about him? Should he no. be profiting no. at this point from his journey? No. I feel like if she wants to profit, make OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. Because like, this is just white people fuckery. Yes. <laughs> and I'm over it. <laughs> I the, the, am so over it. The tracking device on the car is, like, yikes. Also, can you imagine being hey. a woman... You're, to have a boyfriend, first of all, who stalks you, who who you have to get a restraining order against, and then it turns out he's gay. He won't even have sex with me. Like, right. It, I'm it, going through all this and not getting no coochie play? That's nah. exactly right. Nah. At least get some good dick out of it. We're and, fighting. And Robin said to him, like, were you in love with her? And he's like, yeah. And I get that, right? Yeah, I was sure. in love with girls in sure. high school. yeah. When you're in the closet, it is confusing, and you can have very strong, passionate feelings about someone, even if you 
aren't truly sexually attracted to them. It, yeah, it, it's when you're like 16. I think that <laughs> the the combination of like coming out, having the Netflix deal, having you know these these uh, stalking allegations. It's just that combination. It's like I, I think you need to just step back, step out. And I just don't quiet. need to watch a Netflix yeah. series about this. But it just makes it just smells like a stunt. It's just stunty. Oh my god! I said that off I the air earlier. When you yeah, J- J- JB was saying maybe he's not really gay. He's just trying to get out of the stalking uh, charges. Yeah, no, he gay. He gay. He gay. He got gay face. Speaking of gay, uh, more details have emerged in the lawsuit filed against Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh my god by uh, Liberty University. Remember that Jerry Falwell Jr. was forced out of Liberty University and got a severance package of like $10 million. Mm-hmm. But now the university is suing him, claiming that he damaged the university's reputation with, with all of his shenanigans. And in their 74-page lawsuit, uh, they allege that the pool boy, remember the pool boy? Yes. Giancarlo Granda? He apparently has a trove of compromising photos and communications that would be incredibly harmful to the disgraced evangelical leader's family should they ever be released. I love trove. They actually wrote cash, but I, I never say that word out loud because no one knows what, what that I, means. I know what cash means. I know, but it's... Cash it's, money? They're exactly. They're in video games. Those yeah. The treasure box. The salacious materials uh, allegedly being held by the former pool boy Giancarlo Granda are of um, Jerry and his wife, Becky, um, having relations. <laughs> Granda is accused of taking... Ex- they accused Granda of extortion at the time, which he denies. He's accused of taking X-rated photos and recording his phone calls and FaceTime chats with, Becky's, with Becky, quote, there. for the purpose of enhancing extortion attempts. Um, meanwhile, Falwell calls the lawsuit yet another attempt to defame me and discredit my record. Bitch, you defamed and discredited your damn self. By so, messing with these pool boys, you could have been messing with me with the same amount of money. It'll be under. Hell, the you don't want you don't want to mess with Jerry Falwell Jr. for any amount. It's of money. like messing with a sugar guy. You're not really interested in him. It's I wouldn't do that either. Disgusting. Anyway, I am looking forward to the cash slash trove of photos and videos to come out because I want to see them. I especially want to see that pool boy. Yeah, I want to see his peen. I want to see it going in and out <laughs> of something. Me. Thank you. Thank you. Meanwhile, uh, this is the most confusing story of the week. We're not going to spend too much time on it because it's really fucking confusing, but it involves Marjorie Taylor Greene and a drag queen. Oh so my it's God. right up our ass. Wow. Let me start this way. Apparently, there was some drag show, probably in Florida, okay. recently, like during COVID, in which the drag queen brought out children. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay. Prepubescent girls on stage and had them like walk the runway and pose and get sure. tipped and basically compete. Marjorie Taylor Greene is now calling for the arrest of that drag queen. Oh my God. Um, after sharing a right wing media article that claims to show the children at a drag club being paraded across the stra- stage, she declared someone should be arrested and charged. Uh, she shared this article from someone named Ian Miles Chung, who's described as a right-wing provocateur who's been um, accused of uh, spreading misinformation. Uh, she then, Green, appended the hashtag Save the Children to the tweet, which is a commonly adopted phrase used by QAnon believers. Um, all right, let me get to the part where it's... Okay, the video originates from videos posted on Instagram by someone named Angela Stanton King. Angela Stanton King is another right-wing asshole. She claims that uh, the video came from the Palace Club in South Beach, not in Los Angeles, which is what Marjorie Taylor Greene said. And she was actually at the club, like, live Instagramming while the show was going on. Mm -hmm. She said, this is so disgusting. How can this be going on? Why she was in a drag club is anyone's guest. But the owner of the club was was interviewed, and he said, like, the children's parents knew they were there. They gave them permission. Yeah. They weren't doing anything sexual or illegal. They were just walking across the stage. They were putting on a little show. So here's my thing. She's in a titter-tot because 
some drag queen is showing girls how to be confident on stage. But no one was saying anything when they were in swimsuits doing the beauty pageant stuff. Of course, like, like John Bonet. Yeah, like disgusting stuff. We get, I'm gonna pick your fights. The hypocrisy. Yeah, pick your fights. Yo. The hypocrisy. Mm. All right, we are gonna have to do the uh, male celebrities with the biggest penis list another time. Mm. That's just a mm. little. I'm just tickling your ass with a feather here. Uh, I will give you a spoiler alert. That I am. Tickles. I am not on that list. <laughs> We already did Ryan's uh, RuPaul drag update. What else? Remember oh. that thing that you said that you might have to do at one point? No. Yes. Well, I'm gonna have to do it. What wink, is wink. it? Oh, you have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Well, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this story because uh, I keep skipping it every. Just thought week. all our listeners should know that um, you know things are happening. Okay. Ryan's Ryan's stomach is feeling a little unsettled. I feel like that lox cream cheese always upsets your stomach. Why do you keep eating it? It's so good. It's worth it. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about uh, the drag cat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you see the picture? Yes. I'm holding up a picture of a cat dressed as Gottmik uh, with the iconic oh. look with the safety pin going through her head. Um, this is from Cocktails and Cock Talk, and it's about Leela, the, the cat drag queen, who's been recreating iconic drag race looks. They're, they also call the cat RuPaws. Mm-hmm. And she's become insta-famous. According to Pink News, Leela was a little homeless kitty girl. <laughs> hey, homeless kitty girl. <laughs> in the woods of Maine. Before her stage mom adopted her 17 years ago. That's a 17-year-old cat, at wow. least. Wow. And gave her a home in Brooklyn, New York. Um, the girl said she, or the woman said she started the RuPaul's Drag Race account with, I don't know who these people are. The, the story calls them Rogers and Jeffords, but I don't know their first names. After meeting the owners of an Insta-famous dog, they decided to start this account. Uh, Leela isn't just a fashion queen. She's also a fierce activist campaigning to hashtag free Britney. She's also penned a children's book with her owners about two friends who discovered drag, with part of the proceeds going to help homeless LGBTQ youth via the Alley Forney Center. So look up, um, look up the RuPaul. I, I can't even figure out what the fuck the Instagram account name is. It's I, probably RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it's RuPaul's. But I feel, yeah. Go, can someone find it uh, yes. so we can tell the listeners? Yes, I'm sorry, yes. I'm you guys. On it. I'm on it. I'm on this it. This story got duped over like for the last three weeks. I know. I just wanted to fucking get rid of it. It is RuPaul's, RuPaul's underscore drag underscore race. Thank you. Follow that if you want to see all of her iconic looks. Um, all right. I think we should do the commercial. Lindsay uh, Rogers and John Jeffords, as modeled by Layla the cat. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. You're welcome. All right. Do you need to go to the bathroom? I do. Okay. So, JB, why don't we start the, uh, the, give, the commercial music? Because we have a brand new sponsor to the ass, ladies and gentlemen. It's Lucy Nicotine Gum. Yes, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, you guys can have tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy was researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. They've created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three delicious flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. How delicious does pomegranate sound, JB? It sounds real good. It makes me wish I was a smoker. I know. Well, you don't have to be. That's the thing. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor tastes great. It's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere. This is the important thing, you guys. So if you're a smoker or if you just, you know, you're a vapor, whatever, and let's say you're on an airplane, you're at the gym, you're, you're at a place, you're at work, you're at places where you cannot smoke or vape, just pop in a Lucy, pop in some gum and get your nicotine fix. Finally, uh, you can have this. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, get some Lucy nicotine gums or lozenges. And we have a special deal for ass listeners. Go to Lucy.co. That's Lucy.co. And use promo code ASS to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Lucy.co, promo code ASS at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer verbatim, JB. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Go to Lucy.co and be sure to use promo code ASS, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, Lucy. 
All right. How close are you to uh, getting our guest on the phone? Totally forgot. Give me five seconds. All right. No problem. I had a feeling that you were caught up in the uh, Lucy.co commercial. I was just a little bit. Just a little bit. So Ryan is pooping. JB is getting our guest on the phone. I've done all the stories on the rundown except for the one about celebrities with big dicks, which we don't have time to do. So now I am just filling, filling, filling. Just filling in time. Once again, Lucy.co, promo code ass. That's Lucy.co, promo code ass. All right, I'm going to uh, start the uh, introduction now in hopes that by the time I finish reading it, JB will have gotten our guest on the phone. And you'll have the soundbite ready too, right? Yes. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, our guest today may be the most controversial guest we've ever had on the ass, but regardless of his shitty politics, he's a hilarious comedian, actor, and bodybuilder who's been seen in numerous TV and film projects, including the documentary 25 Sets, in which he performed 25 stand-up sets in a single night. He's also the co-host of the In Hot Water podcast. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Aaron Berg. Thing about being Jewish, the fucking cock, right? Mine's huge, eight inches. I measure from the small of my back, but <laughs> that's where you measure from, am I right? No, not gay people, they measure by their throats, but <laughs> thank you. Don't know if you're gay, but everyone thinks you are. Uh... <laughs> if I didn't have a microphone, this would be hate speech. You know that, right? And everyone here is like, this is amazing. He says what we all want to. It's great, Jewish. Best thing, circumcised, right? Are you cut? No. You got that fucking dirty artisanal cheese platter you call a cock, right? Take your pants down. What the fuck smells like gorgonzola? That's our love. Uh. It's horrible. Aren't you glad you're cut? Yeah. You? You don't like, yeah, you like pulling up the cape and letting the bulls loose, am I right? The running of the bulls in Pamplona. And I love the way you look so Swedish, too. Like, you look like you would be like, I am entering you now, and it will be awkward, and I will prolapse your anus. That's exciting. And please give a warm-ass welcome to Aaron Berg. Well, thank you. I call that piece Politics in 2021. Politics in 2021 is what you call it? <laughs> yeah. It's a, basically, it's a political satire piece about how important it is for men to be circumcised if they want to be on Adam's show. This is How the one you? thing you and I agree on. I am very pro-circumcision. And for me, what makes that joke is the word artisanal. Mm -hmm. Without artisanal, it wouldn't be as funny. I think it's so stupid sometimes, the comedy that I do, but I think people like to laugh at stupid. I think people don't always want to be lectured. Would you agree? Yeah, there are different kinds of comedy. And there are some comedians who are, like, super intellectual, and there are some comedians who are just silly and dirty and, and fun, and I would put you in the latter category. Although I also think you're very smart, and there's a, uh, there's a subversiveness to what you're doing. It's not, you're not just getting on stage and telling dick jokes. Um, yeah. This is how this is going to work, Aaron. We're going to start with a bunch of softball questions, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to schmeichel you, I'm going to suck your dick, and then things are going to get heated, and then eventually I'm probably going to hang up on you. Okay, do you really want it? Okay, and then it's like, do I have a time estimate so I can prepare for the hang-up? Yes. Or do you want it to come no, out of the blue? I'm actually never going to hang up on you, but JB, our producer, might, and he's the one in, char in charge of the phone <laughs> connection. Right. So I have to say this before we get started. Yes. You know, I love you so much, and I've loved you for so many years, and I love the fact that even though we look at things so differently sometimes, that we can still talk because I feel like that's a lost art in this world. And you're one of those few rebellious souls that is up for that. Path. Thank you. I love you too. And I, I mean, listen, we have a very specific audience for this podcast and I normally wouldn't have someone on who tweets the kind of stuff that you tweet, but I do believe you have a good heart. And part of why I'm doing this is I don't think you believe half the shit that you say, but, but let's, um, let's start with the softball question. Uh, you come from the outrageous school of stand-up where literally nothing is off limits, right? Was that always your style or did that develop over time? Um, it was always my style. I, I started and I was trying to be an edgy comic, even though I wasn't an edgy person. 
And then I, I let that fall away after a few years. Like I would do like dead hooker jokes and I knew nothing about dead hookers at the time. <laughs> all, all the hookers I had been with were alive. Right. So I was just like, I, I was trying to provoke a reaction. This is year. I've been doing it for 20 years now, like almost every day. And then I let that fall away. Luckily, I had some good mentorship, and people were like, you need to get more personal. So I don't know if you know or not, but I was a male stripper for like I a do. year and a half. You're, my and, favorite joke is your male stripper bit. Thank you. Um, I hid that because I thought, you know, I'm trying to get in the show business. I should not talk about this stuff. I should not talk about all the, you know— experiences that I had during that because if people knew I wouldn't be network friendly or I wouldn't be able to because they'd be like he was a stripper he worked in the sex trade he masturbated in front of men uh so I hid that and then once somebody was like that's the stuff you need to talk about that will um put you ahead in stand-up that's what I started to do so it was like an emotional bloodletting you know um to go up on stage and tell that story about the time I jacked off with hot chocolate in front of this Austrian man. We, and, we should make uh, it clear to the listeners, by the way, that you, you do identify as straight. Yeah. That's yeah. You are married I, to a woman. Yeah. I'm married to a woman. So it makes, straight. it makes being a male stripper kind of a bigger deal than, than like if a gay guy got on stage and said, I used to be a male stripper, like, you know, other gay people would just like him more. Yeah. But those lines, I mean, those lines that you say, like, identify, it, it, it was all blurred in those days where it was just like, you know, there was the, people would term it gay for pay or you would do whatever you did. And then you would draw your lines. You'll be like, I'll jack off in front of you, but I won't let you touch me because that's gay. Is but that is that was that your line? Here. Is that how far you went? Yeah. Yeah, that was my line. So I would jack off in front of dudes once in a while. You'd let somebody grab a nipple if they had an extra 40 bucks. But uh, that was it. You never got blown by a guy. Never, never got blown. No. See, I feel like if I were a straight guy, I would just allow that because it, it feels the same, and gay guys are better at it than women. And a lot of my friends that quote unquote identified as straight, you'd be working on Sunday nights, which was gay night, you know, because you would go all the time. I've never been and, to a strip club. Uh, <laughs> Not that kind I, of strip I, club. You're such a close-minded fan. No, I've been to gay now, bars where there's a stripper, you know, standing on the bar. But it's, but I don't, I don't like strip clubs. Like the whole notion of it is just kind of sad and dark to me. Yeah, um, but my friend Johnny Thor, he was totally straight, and he was, you know, to that point where he'd be like, "I'm so straight," but you could tell he wasn't because he would use the word "fag" a lot. Yeah, and then, uh, and then one night we're dancing, and I just saw some guy going to town on his hog in the next like room over. <laughs> And I go, I, I thought you were straight. That guy blew you. He's like, yeah, I'm straight. He's gay. Do you not get it? So and I, and I believe that, too. I do believe that getting blown by another man or even going further than that isn't what makes you gay. I do think it's all about how you feel inside. Because there are plenty of, of gay-for-pay porn stars, and they do everything. Right. But they're not gay. They're just doing it for the money. Yeah. I mean, they, they have relationships with women. They have marriages and they have long-term girlfriends. And uh, I, why do that? If you're having sex on film uh, with men, there's no reason to pretend that you're straight, you know, like unless you really are straight. So these guys are just doing it for the money because it pays better. It pays much better. Straight porn. Yeah. And clearly you they are, can get physically excited. What, fucking women? Would you ever think about doing porn? Gay porn. Um, yeah. No, because first of all, my dick's not big enough. I would have to be a bottom, and I can't take a dick for like 40 minutes at a time like these porn stars have to. Um, and, I, and plus, not just a dick, but like a horse dick. Um, and then the other thing is, it would really, really upset my family. Like if my family yeah. weren't around, if, if they were no longer living, it might, I might consider doing like an OnlyFans type thing because – People make a fortune now doing doing producing their own porn um, yeah. and having subscribers. But I, I, the truth is, Aaron, I, I'm not really an exhibitionist when it comes to sex. Yeah, I'm not even a very sexual person anymore because I I exercised so much of it in my 20s and 30s. Like I was a full blown sex addict, and I was just I'd go from town to town. And I was just sleeping with women I didn't even find attractive just to come. 
So now I, I'm not even that sexual of a person. I wonder if that will change for you with age as well. I hope so. I hope I become less sexual because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely have, have uh, flirted with sex addiction myself. When you're a gay guy, it's just so available to you. And, um, and it's a way of keeping people away from you emotionally, frankly. You know, when you're yeah, just like, it is sad, isn't sticking it? your dick into anything. Um, all right. So the thing about your stand-up, though, and, I, and I've had you perform in my hometown show, which may have been a mistake. Uh, my, my nephews absolutely loved you. Uh, my nephews who are in their 20s. My parents were appalled by you, particularly right. my mother. You, because of the kind of comedy you do, you must piss off audience members all the time. I think there's a couple. I mean, I have a very high, if you look at stand-up comedy from a batting rate percentage, which is what they tell you to do when you start. And if you're hitting 333, which is you're doing one out of three shows, you're doing really well. I hit in the high 900s. You know, my my bomb rate is really low. No, I don't mean bombing because I know you I know you do well. I mean, like, do people do people come up after the the show sometimes and threaten you? No, uh, yeah, I will see faces of disapproval in the audience, but there's this, you know, mob mentality works both ways. So it's like, you know, even though the mob can be like, hey, you can't say these bad things when the mob is laughing at all the wrong things, you can kind of turn the mob against that individual. And people are entitled to have their own opinions. And also, I'm I'm kind of a niche comic, even though I'm somewhat mainstream, I have a, a niche following and I have a niche base and I'm still a New York comic. So I have to work on stuff that appeals to everybody from everywhere, but I know I'm not going to win over a hundred percent of the people. That's the beauty of American standup as an art form is that you can just get, you know, if you get 80%, you're murdering it. So if 20% of an audience is uh, pissed off at what I'm doing and the numbers are rarely ever that high, then I'm still doing well. I mean, for me, like, listen, I forgive just about everything when it comes to stand up. Like, I don't judge stand up the way I judge other, you know, forms of of um, uh, political opinions and communication. I I hold politicians to a much higher standard than I hold comedians. For me, for me, you come from the tradition of like the court jester who was the only person who was allowed to insult the king. You know, the court jester could say anything. The court jester could say the most outrageous, offensive things because that was his job. And he he released all the tension that people were carrying around with them because he said all the things everyone was thinking but couldn't say. And so I respect you for that. But I didn't know about your politics until I started seeing some of your really fucked up tweets. So I don't even want to debate you on this stuff. I just want to know. Like, I want to know what's real and what's not with you. So let, let me start. Okay. With, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions, and I'm not going to argue with your answers. I'm just, I just want the answers. All right. Are you a Trump supporter? Currently, no. But you were? I didn't vote for him. Uh, I wasn't a vehement supporter, but I also thought that he got a bad shake on a lot of stuff. Uh, I think he did some bad stuff, and I think he did some good stuff. Was I anti-Trump? I'm going to say no. Were the results of the 2020 election fraudulent? Hmm. I'm not going to go full on this, so I'm going to say no. But do I think that (laughs) – I think there was voter fraud involved, yes. I think there's voter fraud involved in every election. Was it widespread enough to change the result of the election? I'm going to say no. Okay. Who stormed the Capitol on January 6th? What kinds of people? Yeah, those were, uh, I would say, primarily right-wing people. Uh, but some people would call them patriots. Other people would call them uh, lunatics. Some people would call them patriots. And I don't go wholehearted to uh, – I don't, I don't think it was a violent riot. I think it was a peaceful pro- protest gone awry. But they were Trump supporters, yes? They were not Antifa? They were not oh, left, yeah, left-wing activists in uh-huh. disguise? 
look, do I do I think that there was some Antifa there? Yeah. Do but the majority of those people were Trump supporters. It wasn't a whole Antifa scam where they were like, let's get thousands of us and go do this thing. There were probably some Antifa people there. Is COVID a hoax? COVID is a real uh, disease. Um, it is not. It was not worth shutting the world down for as long as it shut the world down for. Do masks work to stop the spread of COVID? I would say yes, because I was exposed to a guy that texted me a few days later, and he said, hey, I have COVID. You should go get checked. And I said, I did. I got tested this week. And he goes, well, I was asymptomatic for a few days. And then I go, well, I had a mask on the whole time I was inside. I did not get COVID. So I'm going to go with yes. And I also think that masks help uh, spread other diseases. They, wearing a mask helps spread it or? Or, or, or helps prevent it. Yeah. Sorry. Is Dr. Yeah. Fauci trustworthy? No. So what's his agenda if he's not just a legitimate health authority trying to save people's lives? What, what's his real what's agenda? His agenda? I, I'm sure his agenda. I, I don't have the exact answer to that. Do I, I think that he's uh, being fully honest, maybe to the extent of his knowledge. He, he's probably a very wise doctor. But I think if you look into his past, that there's something going on there's some there's something monetary happening i don't think his goal is to save the world okay so here's my theory about you i don't believe that you believe a lot of the shit that comes out of your mouth and your twitter feed for one thing aaron you're a canadian jew not really a type known for right-wing politics and absurd conspiracy theories and some of what you just said i would categorize as absurd conspiracy theories but the other the other thing is you're just too intelligent to believe this shit, I think you're one of these guys who figured out that he could get a lot of followers by spouting this kind of fuckery, just like Chrissy Mayer, just like Dave Rubin, just like Candace Owens. I don't think any of you believe this bullshit. You, you're, you're cynically using it to be popular. No, you're absolutely mistaken. I have no uh, desire to be popular. I have no desire to be uh, rich or famous. These are the things that everyone I desires I that. Think, no, they don't. You're, you're mistaken. Some people just desire to, uh, you know, be be good people. But I think, you know, <laughs> I think that there's a thing where if you go too far one way, you're wrong, no matter what. So I look at a lot of your views and I go, OK, you clearly believe a lot of what mainstream media tells you. And there's somewhere in the middle that exists, you know, and I'm not saying that you're a total whack job, uh, quote unquote, lefty, because I don't think in those terms. But I also think, you know, by saying what you believe now and being somewhat of a centrist, you're you're labeled like an alt-right person. And that's not right. I mean, everything requires individual thought. Every question that you ask me, it, I don't fall into this QAnon thing. Um, well, that's really what I believe. And to have to have the the courage to go against the mainstream industry and voice your opinions is an important thing. And you know that, you know, freedom of thought uh, and individual thought is really important. So it, I'm not trying is. to check any boxes. I'm just trying to say, and look, there's a lot of stuff I keep to myself where I'll I'll have a thought or a tweet and I'll be like, no, that's not. That's just dumb. A good example this week was Luis Gomez uh, mentioned, my dad was stabbed when I was 16. I wish there was a cop there to shoot the guy stabbing him. And then Yamanika, who's a friend of ours, yes. jumps in and she goes, well, no, no, no. And she goes, this is why. And here's the number of black people being killed, etc. Lewis retorted with, look, I love you, but we have different perspectives on this. And for you to say I'm a Canadian Jew that shouldn't have these values, that part of what makes this country great, and I'm not saying it's always great, is that immigrants come to this country to pursue the American dream. And, and that American dream is one of being able to do what you want to do, being able to say what you want to say. And that's why a lot of immigrants actually do take on more conservative values, because they have the notion of America as this place where it's like you work hard, you get what you deserve. And to see that change and transition 
a lot of immigrants will fight up against that. And, you know, being Jewish isn't a huge part of my life. You know, uh, I don't know how big it is for you. I no, was raised not, reform. not in a religious sense. It's not a huge part for me religiously. But historically, Jews uh, have a more progressive outlook because of what we've been through, because we know Definitely. what fascism looks like and what the logical results of fascism are. And so for me, when I look at Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, I see, you know, I, I see uh, you Germany. I see Germany in 1937, and I don't know how you don't see that. I don't know how you don't. you I don't see... see the very clear parallels between a figure like Trump, who says, "Don't trust the media, don't trust other politicians. You can only trust me. I am the only person telling you the truth." And then he is a known pathological liar. Everything he says is a lie. That doesn't frighten you that that's no, his message a lot. But you also take look, most people vote for politicians based on how much money they put in their pocket. That's what people vote for. Not me. You have I know you have a a very I don't want to say bleeding heart, but you really care about other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And about the thing. and about the planet and about the the country. Let me just say this, Aaron, because we're running out of time when it comes to media stuff. I may be the only person in the in the world to ever spend six years working as a producer at Fox News and then five years working as an administrator at The New York Times. All right. Yeah. I've worked for both. I also have a master's degree in journalism from Columbia. So I know a little bit about how media works. And I'm here to tell you that The New York Times, which has been around for 150 years and has more Pulitzer Prizes than any other publication, is not fake news. The New York Times agonizes over every single word they put in that paper. If they are not 100% sure of something, they will not print it. They'll hold a story for months or years till they know they have it right. Fox News, not the same. Fox News <laughs> says whatever the fuck it wants to say because all they care about is their ratings. Yeah. So, I, I think and they that lie that and distort constantly. And I think the New York Times. The New York Times was a great paper for a long time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It changed when that, Trump became president. It suddenly started lying just then. Uh, there, there were incidents. You remember Sarah Jiang started uh, working for them, and she was this big woman that hated white people just for no reason. And then she got, I think she got canned, or she something happened where she was just too over the top with her hatred. So all types of people can infiltrate media. You know, not everybody mm -hmm. that goes to work for the New York Times is a great person. Or, no, but or when they get something, pundit. when they get something wrong, first of all, they run a correction the next day. If they get a, if they spell someone's name wrong, that's how concerned they are with facts. But when they get something really wrong, they have a fucking investigation and they put that investigation on the front page to explain to people where they went wrong. You think fucking Newsmax does that? You think Adam, Newsmax did an investigation of why they lied Fox about Dominion? News. Everybody knows Fox News is entertainment. They no, they that. don't they know that. No, salt. half well, the country, half the country thinks it's the Everybody, gospel. Okay, tell me about CNN. How's CNN now? Well, I, I'm not a fan of any 24-hour news, right? Because it really, it only you. exists Adam, to get people's adrenaline Adam, pumping. But CNN, but comparing, no, they're, they're not the same. The they're same. not the same. They are CNN, the CNN same. is run by journalists. Fox News oh, is run on. by ideologues. They're That's the difference. The exact same. They're CNN not. Tenders to people that have I, similar beliefs. Again, you're talking Fox to somebody News. with a master's degree from an Ivy League university in journalism. Yeah. I know how news is put together. I know how it works. And the way it worked at Fox News is we were told not just these are the stories we're covering today, but this is how we're covering them. This is what we want you to say. And whatever that, it, that memo said, it came from John Moody, our head of editorial, that's what every single reporter and anchor repeated over and over and over again that day. That is not how CNN works. Aaron, we are almost out of time. I urge people not to follow you online, but if they want to, <laughs> how do they follow you? I love doing your show, and I just want to say this. Remember when you were on my show and you took your shirt and your pants off? Yes, I'm I mooned you. Thing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing. Oh, right I wish now. I could see that dick. Uh, <laughs> I'm, fully, I'm fully erect, and I'm on my Good. front deck. Uh, 
check me out. I do stand up all over the city. I'm always at uh, the Stand NYC, and I'm at Gotham. And uh, it was a pleasure to do this. I'm glad that you feel good about it. I I, so I love I'd you. Like to argue more with you. I, I love you too. I would like to blow you. But oh, uh, Jesus, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing my show, Aaron. And please, uh, hey, it's a pleasure. Read the New York Times. Ryan and JB, please plug yourselves. You can follow me at Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Stock Anarchy 12 only on Instagram. And you can follow me, me, at Adam Sank everywhere. Thank you so much to Aaron Berg and to uh, Ryan and JB. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, Seth Porges, the director of the documentary Class Action Park, which you can watch on HBO Max. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me on Twitter, as I said. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Antifa did not storm the Capitol. The Capitol was not a peaceful protest. Fox News is bullshit. The New York Times is real. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.